As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. That was a jam. It's Friday, July 2nd. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, big boys? Got my top shot <laughs> hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <clears throat> and finally, man, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Where'd you find that one, JD? That was awesome. That's uh, courtesy of Matty O sent me that one. Oh, hey. Look at this guy still producing. <laughs> uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live here on YouTube this morning. Smash that like button. Drop your comments below this video to help us defeat the mighty algorithm. And make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. And immaculate items always available for sale over at nodunks.com. Yesterday, dropped this banger of a t-shirt. Yeah, the No Dunks Suns mashup. The Photoshop boys meet the Valley boys. So go grab that over at nodunks.com. Okay, on today's drop, we got Five Star Friday. We got Tweet of the Night. We got Rapid Fire Fun. But we start with a little game talk. Without Giannis, the Bucks beat the Hawks. 123-112 for the 3-2 series lead. Tass, what's your big takeaway from this one? You know, it was a little lackluster missing Trey and missing Giannis. But what would you think of uh, Big Brook there? Yeah, I know a lot of people going into this one felt uh, a little bit of a malaise, a little bit, uh, where are the superstars in this game? Because, you know, with all the talk going around that there's injuries all over the place, this was the first game 
throughout the entire playoffs where all the superstars were hurt in the game. Now, no disrespect to Chris Middleton uh, and, and friends, but uh, if you look back, at least there was one superstar on the floor for about the uh, approximately 75 playoff games we've had so far. So this one, for sure, you know, a little wind out of the sails with no Trey and no Giannis to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game was really, really solid. If you wanted to watch some good basketball, I think Brooke Lopez started off first defensive possession. He got switched out to Kevin Herter, probably the biggest dude on the floor uh, uh, guarding one of the skinniest guys on the floor and he was able to <laughs> stick with him force him left and block him at the elbow just yeah. incredible defense uh, and and you know usually the, the team that lost the previous game comes out with a little bit of fight and the, and the Bucks were obviously doing that they didn't go to the rim in the first half of last game they had seven buckets at the rim in the first half of last game but they surpassed that in the first six minutes of this game then nine because of brook i mean he was he was huge along with drew and those guys were coming out forceful uh because they lost the game and, and brook uh, i think you know maybe threw off clint capella a little bit because they didn't have to play this way uh you know the first five games of the series the hawks didn't have to really watch for brook but brook was just taking it to clint capella's chin i mean he was he was doing an incredible job you know, he had flashbacks of Brooke in the post, you know, with, in his Brooklyn Nets days, his New Jersey Nets days, watch him. He was shooting push shots from the free throw line. And uh, it was it was cool just to see him in that mode. And then obviously Drew Holiday was doing the same thing. He had four guys when it came down to it, Brooke, Middleton, Holiday and Portis that scored 20 plus because they were really taking it to the Hawks. And again, the team that loses comes back. But the Hawks also fought back. This was, yeah, no superstars, but it was a good game basically down to the wire. It could have been a game where the Hawks kind of faded away, uh, but um, they absolutely did not. And and going into game six, it's nice to see Bogdan Bogdanovich still shooting it really, really well for the Hawks. 10 to 22, zero turnovers. But uh, yeah, the, the Bucks got it in so many different ways. You have to worry about the Hawks without Trey. Uh, you have to really get a lot of guys pitching in like the Bucks did. And, and I think... You know, without Giannis and without Trey, I think the Bucks have the better team. They just have more guys that can execute mm-hmm. um, and have been, you know, stars in their previous life. Uh, had, had, you know, three guys who were all-stars, plus a Bobby P who was doing it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just uh, across the board, pretty, pretty nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you got to get Trey. I think you got to get Trey back if you're the Hawks. Um, because if you got Bogdan Bogdanovich beside him, feeling it the way he is, if, you're, if you watch him, he's flicking it right now. It's, it's not uh, think about it. He's just like guy in his face flicks it over him. So he's back in that mode. So if Trey comes back for game six, they need him back for game six. Then we still got a series. It's not over, ladies and gentlemen. It's not over. Yeah, they got uh, contributions from their big four. If you're throwing Bobby Portis in there for sure. Brooke Lopez, 33 points, 14 of 18 shooting. Uh, a lot of it pick and roll action too. It wasn't like they were like going to him on the block. It's like, here you go, post up. It was... Had him moving, and there's more space, right? Because Giannis isn't playing. Bobby can stretch the floor a little bit. So it's like, Brooke, you're usually the big that's got to stretch the floor when Giannis is out there. But now you're the one we can put in that action. He was awesome. And then Bobby Portis, 22 points, career playoff high. They're chanting his name every single time, it feels like, there in Milwaukee, which is cool. (laughs) Drew Holiday, 25 and 13, awesome. Middleton, 26 and 13 and 8, awesome. Especially those two guys, Trey, Middleton, and Drew Holiday, Almost all postseason long, they never play. They never play well at the same time. So for them both to have really good, solid games, uh, of course, helped to the victory. But what did you see in this one from any of those four guys from Milwaukee? 
Well, the superstars weren't out there, but the Bucks can still roll out three all-stars, which is pretty impressive. That was Brooke Lopez 1.0 out there. He's become a 3 and D big man at this mm-hmm. point, but uh, old heads remember back in the day when Brooke Lopez was posting up and scoring in the lane, and that's exactly what it was last night. This was almost a carbon copy, or maybe a mirror image, I suppose, of Game 4 to me. The Hawks never trailed in Game 4. The Bucks never trailed last night, and to me it just looked like the Hawks were... A little out of it. Maybe they thought they were going to have Trey Young back for this game and he was an even later scratch. I don't know. Meanwhile, the Bucks just kind of looked free without Giannis where, you know, it's kind of like we all got to do a little bit of something here uh, to pick up for the loss of our superstar. I don't know. Maybe that means Trey is going to be a little bit closer for game six. But I was uh, very impressed with the way that Drew Holiday played. Uh You know, um, I called him out yesterday saying he hasn't played great on both sides of the ball yet in this series. And last night he was able to lock down Lou Williams and he was able to produce and really orchestrate things Mm -hmm. uh, offensively for the Bucs. And it was kind of just a little tweak in aggression. As Drew said after the game, it was one of our main priorities just to be aggressive out of the gate, be the aggressor and be more aggressive than they were. And (laughs) seriously, the Bucs did that. Um, uh, 28 points in the paint in the first quarter for Milwaukee. They were up 13. 30 to 10. They scored on their first 13 possessions. And yeah, the Hawks were able to stay in it. They kept competing. And I thought that was very impressive to not just tuck it in and say, okay, we're done for the game tonight. But the game was really over after the first quarter. You could tell the Bucks were playing a little bit harder, a little bit locked in. Like Tass is saying, they were switching everything, but not always. They just played a really smart defensive game and they basically just made it so that the Hawks don't have a ton of gaps to exploit defensively because without Trey Young, You're relying on Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been playing better, but still isn't at 100%. You're relying on Kevin Herter, who's had some nice games in the playoffs, still not a number one guy. And you're relying on Lou Williams, who was awesome in game four, but in game five just kind of came back to earth because Lou Williams ain't Trey Young. And, you know, the Bucs kind of saw what was going to be happening for Atlanta. They were probably caught off guard in game four with all the movement. But they made it a lot harder for the uh, for Atlanta to attack one-on-one uh, against Milwaukee last night. And then they just crushed them inside. You know, in game four, the Hawks got contributions from everybody, one through nine. That's exactly what Milwaukee did in game five. Yeah, the Bucks were up 20 points, Lee, in less than nine minutes. Did you Were you a my buddy Grish about this game last <laughs> night? Did you, did you feel like this one was over? The Hawks cut it to like... I want to say sixth, six points maybe at one point. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's sort of the closest it's got. It felt like there in the second half, it was always like a nine to an eleven point lead. Uh, you know, the Bucks would get it a little bit bigger. Hawks would hit a couple threes, whatever. But yeah, was was it over in the first, let's say, ten minutes of this game? Be honest with me. Did you think yeah. like uh, Milwaukee's winning this one to me? It it sort of did feel that way. Yeah. to be honest. Um, and you know, I've crit- criticized Budenholzer a couple of times in the playoffs for his teams not really seemingly being ready for a game, and I think that wasn't the case. Last night, I think he clearly understood this was, you know, technically not a must win, but in reality, I think it was because they sort of needed to really show that, you know, without Giannis, they're still a better team, I think, than the Hawks without Trey Young. And I think you saw that last night because, as you guys mentioned there, all the stars for the Bucks contributed, stepped up, played well on both ends of the floor. And just it was a kind of boring but um, impressive victory that they never really gave the Hawks life. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Bogdanovich did hit a couple of threes there and they did make those runs, but it never felt that the Hawks had quite enough offense to overcome the Bucks as long as the Bucks kept putting pressure on them on the other end of the floor. And I think that's what it was. Milwaukee just understood, like, we don't need anyone to go out and go for 45 or anything like this. Just everyone contribute, keep mixing up that offense, exploit 
put Brooke inside because he is just a monster of a human being and they didn't really have anyone who could physically stop him. So Budenholzer, I think, was like, listen, guys, this is this is basically could be the series tonight. History's on their side. Data's on their side. You know, percentages are now heavily on Milwaukee's side, even if Trey comes back. You know, I mean, the Bucks are still a good team, but... Um, that's what I think it was about it for me. It was Milwaukee was like, from the start, from the tip, get this game into a sort of place where we're leading and we're not having to play catch-up and we're not giving those Hawks any life because they do fight to the end. There's no question they keep on fighting. Uh, Nate McMillan has really installed that into his team where it's like, just keep battling and, and Trey Young has been great. But obviously when he's not there, someone else sort of had to step up and it just felt that, you know, in games where Gallinari has a good contribution offensively, that's that's like great when you have Trey going for 35, 40 points. But when he's sort of, again, a, a, bit, of, a bit of a heavier focal point on the offense, it's like, I think the Bucks can live with this, you know, as mm-hmm. long as, you know, they don't let up at the other end and, and they didn't really do that. So if you're Milwaukee, you know, this is not a, a game that you're going to look back and say, wow, what an impressive performance, what a great win. It was just a, a business like victory by a team that has put itself into the position now where it can close out the series. It's got two chances to do it, one at home. Um, you know, the Hawks have still got fight in them. I, I, I also don't necessarily think that they just come to Atlanta and, uh, and, and end the series. But certainly Milwaukee, after what they saw Atlanta did in Game 4, they had that big emotional victory where their star wasn't there and everyone else contributed. Well, the Bucks kind of had that now. And if they go to Milwaukee, who knows if Giannis and Trey is going to play or not. Uh, but Milwaukee can feel like same sort of thing. If we just attack them from the start, use the advantages we have on the offensive end, then we can maybe close this series out because, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is Milwaukee's series to lose from here and they really shouldn't do that. They, they're in the box seat. Uh, and they should be able to close it out. So, uh, yeah, good, a good sort of uneventful, just like get get the job done, Milwaukee, and they did that. Atlanta's hope here, yeah, is that what, Tass, another 48 hours of rest and treatment and recovery, whatever, is going to have Trey Young ready to go. I, If I am a betting man, I think he laces them up uh, and, and, and tries on Saturday night, uh, game six. But what would the Bucks do now? If you're there in the front office or part of the training staff, like, do you, do you bring Giannis back for game six? Or do you, like, even, even if he's like, I can go, I can go. Do you say, you know what? Let's go to Atlanta and see what happens. And then maybe, you know, in breaking case of emergency, we need it for game seven, we, we go then. But what would you do? Or what do you expect yeah, to happen? I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're implying that, yeah, they'd sit him out now that they are. They're up 3-2, sit him out and get him ready for game seven. Right. I, that's definitely what I'm vibing with, too, watching him limp around the the bench and, and going back to the locker room it's not all uh 100 there down mm-hmm. in the uh the lower extremity for sure uh <laughs> it's, it's not it's not happening right now I, i'm with you i mean i didn't doubt him coming back yesterday because because i just don't want to doubt Yanis's toughness mm-hmm. uh, but the bucks played it smart and they obviously showed up uh for their superstar now going back to atlanta i'm sure they're all going to show up but i agree i think he probably sits now going into game seven uh, i definitely um expect a good game no matter who's on the floor because I think one good thing about the 2021 playoffs is that this as we said would have been a game where the road team just you know rolled over and died especially without their superstar especially uh you know knowing that uh you know they've got home court uh to go back to uh, but I don't think it's happening like basically at all I don't I feel like there's a lot less bloats you know since the first round there's there's far fewer bloats than than in years past now people in the stream team 
you know, giving it to me. After my first little spiel there, I said this was uh, a game that went down to the wire. It absolutely did not go down to the wire, uh, but went down to the fourth quarter. It went to the fourth quarter. I just, they played I just all forty-eight minutes though. They did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I meant in sports speak that it wasn't necessarily decided yeah, until the fourth right. quarter. You know, the Hawks yeah. weren't dead. I, I think you know we could get they a Seth get, part honestly, now. We could get scoring. a Josh Schumann the on this. The Hawks were scoring. They just couldn't get stops at all. I thought. I mean, they were they were still scoring at a decent clip in the second half, but they could never yeah. string together enough stops. Sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, no, I just think there's far less blow, far fewer blowouts. Uh, maybe maybe some. You know, Seth Bart now has been documenting that. Uh, you know, throughout uh, the playoffs uh, for the Athletic, I, I think that games have been closer. And and Haw- the Hawks, yeah, it just we're getting some. We're getting the the, the four best teams here, and uh, and yeah, it just could have been a blowout. But uh, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich again. Was the guy who uh, I think you know seven threes in this game? Uh, he looks like a different guy with scoring twenty eight points uh, than you know the guy we were ridiculing in game four. He started to come on the second half of game five. Um, he just needs to keep that up because you know you can't really rely on Collins for twenty five. Uh, it's a bit of fool's gold to rely on Gallo for for you know twenty plus. Uh, but uh, you know Herder the same thing. So Buggy's got to be that that same guy. But I expect a great battle on Saturday night. No one's no one's rolling over. I don't think the Hawks, though, can win game six without Trey Young. That, that, I think they got that game. That you know It happens in game four. Everybody's amazing. You get Lou doing his incredible impersonation of Trey. I just don't think it's likely TK. I don't like the Hawks' chances to win it if he doesn't play. But I expect he will try and give it a go. That, my gut just says that. You know, it's an ankle. You can, you can you know, <laughs> get, a, get a shot or two in there and, and maybe numb it a little bit. Who knows? But do you, do you agree with that? Like, you, would you have the chances of the Hawks winning that game without Trey is super, super low? What do you think, TK? I don't think the Hawks can win without Trey Young. Yeah. Obviously, we saw him do it in Game 4. They did blow out the Bucks in Game 4. Bogdan Bogdanovic has been great uh, since he was broke Dan Bogdanovic in Game 3, <laughs> but he's made 14 threes, or 13 threes, sorry, 6 in Game 4, 7 in Game Five, but he's still not able to really exploit the defense from a taking guys off the dribble standpoint, I don't think, quite yet. I mean, he's starting to score a little bit more inside the three-point arc, which is huge, but I don't know if he's up to the number one uh, perimeter guy role like Trey Young has mm-hmm. been in this series so far. Um, the three-point shooting helps, and it gives Trey Young a little bit more space out there. At the very least, I imagine we'll see Trey give a James Harden performance, you know, where he can handle the ball, he can pass the ball, he can take open threes. Maybe he's not quite as explosive off the dribble, dribble, but I don't know. I think even without Giannis, the Bucks could probably come into Atlanta and get this win if Trey Young isn't playing because, mm-hmm. as we saw in Game 4, you know, and Game 5, really, when you count out a team that's missing its star, that kind of gives the team that's missing its star an advantage sometimes, right? Where you're just, you just sleep on them a little bit, and I don't think that will be the case for the Bucks in Game 6 with a chance to go to the Finals, right? We saw the Suns really take care of business um, against the Clippers uh, when they had a chance on the road. And mm-hmm. I imagine that the Bucks, you know, getting so close to actually breaking through and playing for a championship, we're going to see an insane effort from them in Game 6, which was not the case in Game 4. Trey, are you loving this, uh, I don't know, Bobby Portis run here that he's on? Uh, obviously drafted by your Bulls, played a couple, what, he was there for like three seasons, I guess, at the start of his career, and then, and then bounced around and finds his way to Milwaukee here, now starting a playoff game, and, and playing so well. Like, he has been really, really good. Uh, are you loving it as, a, obviously, a Bulls fan? 
No, he's playing for the Bucks, buddy. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I do love it. though that we've gotten to the point in Bobby Portis's career where it's just totally fine to call him crazy eyes. Reggie yeah. Miller did on the broadcast. Yeah. They showed people uh, in the stands for the Bucks holding up crazy eyes Bobby Portis signs. Apparently, the guy thinks about opponents slapping his mother in the face before a game <laughs> to get fired up for the game, sure. and it's worked for Bobby. Work. He's been really, really playing well. He's. A little bit of a Brooke Lopez facsimile where he can kind of stretch the court, but he can also score inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just bringing athleticism and intensity that the Hawks haven't necessarily been able to match in his minutes because Okongwu is out there balling. I think he's playing really, really well. He brings the energy, but Bobby Portis is pretty skilled offensively as well. And he's been a little bit of a difference in this series in the Bucks' wins. Yeah, I think I heard him after one of the games uh, earlier in this series said the guys on his team call him BP. Uh, obviously his initials, but also the gas chain because he brings the gas. He brings that energy. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you, you heard that, that don't you? Yeah. Hey, let's go back to car talk. We did so much <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Let's what talk octane about is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, here comes the gas boy. Yeah, he's, look, he's, he is a, he's a bolt or a jolt, I should say, of energy, uh, Lee. And I, I thought he was awesome. I think he's been awesome all sort of playoff long. Yeah, uh, it was game three. We were down there, and uh, and Trey was. Uh, we were like, Bobby's just been great for them because he really was uh, important. And going into that Giannis role last night, starting, can this guy step up or, and and be more than just a little bit of an energy boost off the bench? And yeah, he was. He was absolutely instrumental in their victory. So you know, he's an interesting guy because I don't know if anyone even remembers when he was on the Washington Wizards that sort of mid-season <laughs> trade he had there. I know he had a uh, one season with the Knicks. Yep. But um, you know, now he has found and and sort of this is the sort of role for him I don't think he I mean I guess he could be a starting uh, sort of power forward in the league but I think he is better sort of just coming off the bench and just giving a bit of a boost and you know spreading the floor he plays defense he hustles he works hard he he gets into it a little bit with teammates but he's also that guy who's like is this guy super crazy or is he just super friendly because uh who was it there last night I think it was with John Collins I think they had a little bit of a butt slap with each other after a uh, a sort of contested play so you're always like I think this guy's not crazy I think he just sort of looks crazy because he's uh he's pretty friendly I mean, uh, we met he sent Nikola Mirotic to the hospital, so he's a little Oh, well, yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah that's but, why they uh, call him BP, though. He's a butt patter. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I mean, you know, when you, when you are Budenholzer again in a game like that, like, can you really rely on a, on a veteran to come in there and do it? And, uh, and and he showed, I think, with his performances and accepting that role coming off the bench that, that he is ready and he is uh, capable of handling some bigger minutes. So, you know, if he can keep this up in game six, that'll be huge, you know, because I, I, I don't think Giannis plays game yeah. six. I think if you're the Bucks, you're like... We've got a game in hand here, so, you know, a little bit of extra rest uh, is probably more important, you know, because they, they can survive still, obviously, if they lose that game. But uh, they want to sort of have a look big picture, I think, for Giannis. And if they need him for Game 7, then he's going to have a, a few extra days rest. But anyway, we'll find out. But overall, yeah, I mean, for Milwaukee... You know, no one stood out, but everyone contributed there last night. And, and, and again, Bobby just slotted into that starting lineup pretty seamlessly. Uh, so that, that's a really good sign, I think, for Milwaukee and probably does give Budenholzer the confidence that they can go into game six and not start off the way they did game four there, where they just they were out of it from the start. And that's when they did have Giannis. So, uh, you know, that, that's going to be the big, the big test, I think, for uh, Saturday night's game is how Milwaukee comes out of the blocks because they want to end this series as quickly as possible. I just want to show this Bobby Portis sign yeah. that was in the <laughs> crowd uh, with the uh, the flaming crazy eyes. This, Jesus. This, Hold on. Know, by you, the way, that looks nothing like fucking Bobby Portis. 
at all. Yeah, I don't think I would have guessed it was him close. either yeah. without the eyes and the headband. I think that's why they put the number on the headband. Part. Yeah, that's why yeah, they exactly. threw that number nine on there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. he, that's he, the he's guy. A, um, he's a big headband guy as well. Like, he's one like of those thick big, one. thick headband yeah. guys. He's yeah. got a lot of accessories. He's uh, he's verging yeah. on the Reggie Jackson, Kirk Heinrich territory. And I would <laughs> yeah. say he's even verging on the Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, big old booty territory as well. <laughs> Bobby the Boost Portis. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Nicholson. it was impressive, though. The Bucks started three legitimate big guys uh, with P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis, and Brooke Lopez out there, and they said, we're crushing you in the paint. Yeah. I think they had a 30 uh, points in the paint advantage last night, and that's something I thought could be something the Bucks look forward or look to uh, after game one. They really didn't go to it until game six when they or game five when they needed to. But, I mean, I don't know. Collins and Capella. Like, Capella, I'm a big Capella fan, but he can't be outplayed like Brook Lopez yeah. by Brook Lopez like that, especially with Brook Lopez kind of playing as a traditional center. Like, if Brook Lopez makes 10 threes and scores 30 points, I kind of understand that yeah. from Capella, but Capella's supposed to be locking it down inside, and that was not happening last night. Bro, how many dunks did Brook Lopez have last night? A million. Yeah, I don't he, know if Brook Lopez has had that many dunks I, in the right. past few seasons, and some of them are like the most been... massive dunks of his career. He's been dunking a ton in the playoffs, it feels like. Like, just cut, uh, cutting down the lane there and having huge, like, uh, you know, legs going everywhere and flying out. When you see that big, big body jumping up like that, it's just uh, because we it happened uh, for game three down here in Atlanta. And, it, you know, you saw the rim just, like, rocking no, afterwards. That's uh, huge. He's I mean, we, we, were, uh, we went out for Nora's uh, birthday yesterday, so we were playing a little catch-up with the game when we got home. And she was like, who, what? Who is this guy? Who's the Brooke Lopez? This guy's a monster, right? And I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Then I'm like, oh, you got to hear him talk. You got. I'm like, I'm like, I was like praying he was gonna get the post game interview, which he did. You're like, oh my god, that's what he sounds like. And then I'm like, there's another one of these guys. So he's got a twin brother in the league. He's maybe even crazier looking. And it was, uh, you know, we were going down a Lopez rabbit hole. But he he was awesome when he threw down an oop like that though, like reaching back. You're right, TK. That's I mean. That's on the short list of one of his best dunks of his career. I don't know many of them off the top of my head. <laughs> Same, but yeah. That's, I, I don't remember many at least alley-oop dunks like that from Brook Lopez where he's reaching back and actually had some verticality. Yeah, we got to get John Schumann in here as the Nets historian to let us yeah, know about yeah. some of Brook Lopez's sickest dunks early in his career. But the oop was huge. There was also the one where uh, I think Drew Holiday had like a little smitty on the left wing. He drives baseline, finds uh, Lopez cutting down. Yeah the middle of the hoop and he goes for like a, just a big tomahawk jam. That was an awesome one too. Brooke Lopez, like that was the ultimate throwback. Brooke Lopez, like, Hey, don't forget. I can still score inside. If you ever need me to just let me know. I'm yeah. right here. If you need me. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what Hawks fans don't think this is over. I've had some Hawks fans. You're not going to believe this task asking me, Hey, do you want to come to Milwaukee for game seven? I got a ticket wow. if you want to fly to Milwaukee for game seven. And I'm like, whoo, I'm contemplating. I'm like, Jesus, well, first you got to get there. But, uh, man, I've never been to Milwaukee. I've only heard good things. <laughs> uh, I'd love city. to go to the arena. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm also just like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I, none of these are my teams. I don't care. I don't even, <laughs> what would I do in Milwaukee for a game seven? Would I wear a, would I wear a Larry Luke Hawk shirt? Would I be the enemy? And would I, would I borrow Chris Middleton jersey from JD? I don't know what I would do. I, I don't think I can go. I think I think it should go to somebody. Yeah, else. we used to have an old Michael Red jersey in the old starter <laughs> studio. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe you bust that one out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Anyway, that, looks that, like, like a great place to watch a game. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course they do. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Like we showed the sign there uh, happening in Milwaukee yesterday. I don't see a lot of signs throughout the league, really. And mm. if you watch during breaks in play, if you if you watch uh, on the NBA app, uh, if you watch the, the league pass feed, 
they're just chugging beers as soon as they get on camera every person oh, yeah. oh, is yeah. hammering a beer there was a guy there was a guy who you know impressed everybody in go. the arena because he went back to back yeah you could pull this off he went back to back double fisted but he was he had a shandy two shandies oh. you know which are like 2.5 yeah. percent yeah, you know, like a lemonade the, the, the sweetie sweets uh but everybody yeah it's it's an experience there you know it's as close i think to a, an nfl uh experience as uh, we got in the league they're they're having fun i don't see again the signs thing are fans allowed to bring in signs in any arena now i didn't think i don't so. think so yeah it just doesn't you don't see them i remember going down to marta going to the hawks games people would bring in their big heads of uh, of fan of you know Hawks players or even opposing players sometimes, but I don't think they're allowed anymore. But in Milwaukee, I don't think there are any rules. Maybe you can have fun there. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I can take a, a no dunk sign. I can get on the show. Uh, can you go back to that photo real quick, JD, of that uh, woman with the sign there? Uh, this lady looks more like Rihanna than that sign looks like Bobby Portis. That girl Rara in the house. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl, Cheryl Crow was there for uh, game what? Four, uh, no, game two, I guess it was. Yeah. Was she, yeah, maybe was she there again last night? I, we don't know. We didn't see her on the broadcast. Bony Vare was there oh, last yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt Austin was very excited that Cheryl Crow was apparently a Bucks fan. So I sent um, I sent him the Bony Vare picture last night. No response. Come on, oh, man. Oh, oh. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe the, maybe the Habs were playing still. I don't know. And, Who knows about uh, hockey? Yeah. I thought this guy was an indie rock fan. Guess not. <laughs> I guess You'd not. think he would respond Taylor Swiftly to that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Chance the Rapper's at every game. He's a he's a huge Bucks fan. What? He's Chance. He's a really? huge Bucks fan. Is he not? I don't know. He's I, from Chicago. Yeah. Get him out of here if he's a Bucks fan. <laughs> I think he the, is. He's offended if this is true. I think he uh, is. Chance the Rapper lost me a long time ago, to be honest. But no, he's not getting back in my good graces. Well, maybe he's a big Bobby Portis fan. Yeah, maybe that's why he was a Bulls fan, and then now he's a Bucks Bobby fan. Portis ruined a Bulls season. We can never <laughs> cheer for him, Skeets. He sent that's Nikola Mirotic to the hospital. Then fr- Nikola Mirotic came back. The Bulls won eight straight oh, games yeah. and ruined their draft pick. Uh, you were uh, you were excited to meet Bobby Portis in a in a casino lobby in summer no league. Doubt, no I, I doubt. was with you. I was excited. I was like, Dude, oh, wow. When the Bulls drafted Bobby Portis, I was fired up, and then he started yeah. playing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah. He's confirmed. Flourishing. Confirmed. Sorry. Uh, Cheryl Crow, Chance the Rapper, and uh, Bonnie Vare, I guess. Uh, huge wow. Buckaroo fans. Oh. Uh, I saw JD. You might like this. Uh, this is a cool story, bro. Uh, Tony Collette last night was at the restaurant we were at. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> lot taller in person than you would think. Interesting. I'd... I wonder what she's shooting. Yeah. She Australian, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, just is she Australian? Say. No, I didn't yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And she, when, uh, I'm trying to think of a time that she actually spoke with her native uh, <laughs> accent in a film or show, but I can't think of one. Why didn't Tony uh, Collette not make your top ten uh, most famous Australians? Wow, well, that's right? why, see? That, that maybe she's not that famous. No, it wasn't her big one, um, Muriel's Wedding. That was her, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> what have I done? Thanks. Oh, boy. Uh, what have yeah. I done? I've got Lee yeah. Googling Tony Collette's yeah. IMDB page yeah. now. Here we go. Perfect time to take our first break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back with No Dunk. Somehow, inexplicably, it's already a new month. We're in July. It's July already. So, seeing as it's the first Friday of the new month, it's Five Star Friday. Believe it, Trey Kirby. Already, half the year is gone. Oh my god! Wild stuff. Uh, also, wild stuff. What's going on with Apple Podcasts? <laughs> oh, zero star review for Apple Podcasts right now. But these are your top five five star reviews on Apple Podcasts from the month of June. Our first one, very simple, from Bean Fanatic. Five stars. <laughs> Boys talking beans. <laughs> Title says it all. Yep. There's your official five-star bean review for this month. Got to get one in every month. Our second five-star. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. We never got the story from you, Trey, that you spilt beans on your jeans. I spilt beans on my jeans and I had to get them clean. Um, There's not much more to the story except for that I literally did spill beans on my jeans. It was uh, right near my hip pocket. Um, And I just kept saying around the house, Laura, Isla, Ada... I spilled beans on my jeans. Uh, you know, it's getting some laughs from the kids. You know, I got a little bit of a bean following on the internet. <laughs> I knew it was going to be worth it for the engagement, okay. Skeets. Right. Beans on the jeans. It's a good one. Uh, the internet loves beans. <laughs> internet loves beans. Our second five-star review comes from Kevin Abstract. No Dunks is a very solid podcast. When I was a kid, I used to come home after school every day to watch the starters on YouTube every day. It's what got me into basketball. I never missed an episode. When they went off the air, it was a huge gap in my life, and I slowly lost interest in the sport. But then one day, I stumbled across the pod by accident and almost started crying. It was like seeing friends for the first time in years. I won't miss an episode now. Good job. Hmm. Kevin, Kevin. welcome home, buddy. We missed you. Yep. We missed you. Dry those tears from your eyes, put some headphones on, and enjoy another classic. Our third five-star review, June 2021 Apple Podcast, blah, 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 blah. This one comes from Ryan, five stars. Best podcast about basketball and life and other stuff, five stars. The June 2021 Apple Podcast update is absolute garbage. Negative five stars. We're with you, Ryan. We're with you. Things are slow right now. Uh, but there's nothing we can do about it. Luckily for everybody out there with ears, you can listen to No Dunks like everywhere. Yeah. You can listen to it on YouTube, Spotify. You can get that RSS feed and throw it into whatever other podcast player you want. You can subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash no dunks and hear ad-free episodes. There are many ways to listen, and someday the Apple Podcast app will also work. Crazy. So that don't forget about exciting. the beans. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Pod beans. Pod beans. Forget about pod <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it up, Tassie. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Our fourth, our fourth five-star review, Beardos. This one's from Muy Excitado. Amazing show. All five guys have beards, including, I think, one of the guys from Duck Dynasty. I'm guessing me. Could be JD. Not sure. But yeah. 
This is what I love about this review. You never hear their beards scratching the microphone. That sounded the great work of producer JD, a retired DJ, who's also the long lost son of music producer Rick Rubin. Also, the B-Ball Talk's pretty good. Oh, Five funny. stars. Yeah. Way to go, JD. Is that what you do? You have to Every time we send you our file, you have to go through it and like uh, edit out all the uh, beard hitting the mic uh, incidents. That's right. I, I call it the beard pass. It's oh. just uh, I scrub through. getting. It's like shaving, really. Shaving right. the podcast of uh, facial hair. Okay. Well, you do an excellent job. Thank you. Nice. ZZ Top is coming to town. Ooh. Oh, right. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Where are they playing? I don't know. In the A, ZZ in the A. Some some huge cool. Some huge venue, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm gonna get me some standing room only tickets for that one. <laughs> oh yeah, you need some legs for that. Lucky they got a song just for that, JD. <laughs> uh, mostly duh. Do you know it's they're actually... called ZZ Top in Canada? Lee? Uh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, really? I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. I beat you to it, Sam. I didn't even see you. <laughs> didn't even see you. There actually is, um, now that you mention it, there's a... I don't even know why I started this story. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a bit or it's a real story. There, there's, a, there's a Queens of the Stone Age song that one of the guys from ZZ Top plays on, and his beard hits the string. He calls it a beard harmonic. So if you ever want to look that up... <laughs> You can hear a guy's beard hit a guitar string. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you know Sometimes you just say something, you're like, why? Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Five stars. <laughs> Shoot, uh, you want to do a beard harmonic right now? <laughs> uh, I'm not getting much said. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. get anything. Um, sorry, JD, you're going to have to edit it all. Yeah, you're going to have to shave that one off. Yeah. We got one last five-star okay. review. This one comes from A. Horton, five stars. Best outro in the game. I literally only watch for the final quote after every episode. It's extremely taxing considering I hate basketball, but it's totally worth it. There's something for everybody, A. Horton, and I'm sure Tass has a banger in the chamber right now. Well, that, I was just going to ask that. Did you, did you, yeah, do you want to tease one, Tass? Uh, you got one percolating right now. You got one banked already. I'm always fine. Oh, no. no. No, I'm waiting for the end of the show. I mean, everybody brings it in rapid fire. I'm sure there'll be something to go on. Okay. I, I usually just wait because there's just... Such good stuff comes out of this show. Okay. Uh, there it is. Five Star Friday. Thank you so much to everybody that uh, left an Apple podcast review in those five stars. Apologies again for the complications with uh, this show getting up to Apple in a timely matter. Uh, look, I don't know about you guys. I think maybe tacit worked for you. Yesterday's show is still not showing for me <laughs> in Apple Podcasts. So it's, it's gone. It's, it's never going to get there, or I don't know. Maybe it will. It's frustrating. But it's there on Spotify. It's here, obviously, on YouTube. Please uh, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and, and the Apple, uh, excuse me, the Athletic app uh, as well, as Trey said. But, yeah, what do we do at this point except go, you know, update your update. That's basically what we're at. <laughs> update your update. Yeah, I just checked. I still don't got it. So I guess uh, yesterday's podcast was an exclusive drop task. Congratulations on getting in there. Actually, get the downloaded, man. That's huge. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's like you somehow won an NFT or something like that. Basically, the equivalent. <laughs> this, is, this is big time, man. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. I have Tweet of the Night duties. Usually we go with something jokey-jokey, something hilarious, but we're going frickin' serious here because the Olympics are in three weeks. They start three weeks today. Mm. The torch will be lit. And uh, American sprinter Shakari Richardson 
qualified recently for the 100-meter dash. She's also supposed to be participating in the 200-meter dash. She's got the nail. She's got the hair. She's got the vibes. But this is from Tyler Dragon of the Cincinnati Inquirer. According to a source, American sprinter Shakari Richardson failed a drug test and could miss the Olympics. The Jamaica Gleaner newspaper was first. So what drugs is she doing? Well, something ridiculous, right? Something something. Uh, Obviously, that's banned. Well, Tyler goes on. She didn't use steroids, according to a source. Richardson is facing a 30-day suspension for testing positive for marijuana. You know, that drug that makes you run super <laughs> duper fast. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, a drug that's legal in 19 states. And Stan Van Gundy concurs. This is absurd. She is going to miss the Olympics for recreational marijuana use. Marijuana? Are you freaking kidding me? She ran a 10.86 earlier this year, or how she, what she qualified, 10.72 earlier uh, this year. And it's likely that she's not going to be there. And moving on to the, uh, the final tweet here, JD, comes from Shakari Richardson herself. She tweeted, I am human. Uh, I loved watching her sprint at the, the American Trials uh, because she's got all the, f- the flair, the flow. Uh, and now, I, I don't know if anything will change from now until uh, uh, the IOC makes a decision, but um, uh, that 1086 is apparently gone uh, because uh, she recreationally used marijuana. Mm-hmm. She did not qualify, so they have told the other second, third, fourth uh, uh, American Olympians that they are subbing in. And there's some talk that she could run the four by 100, but not the sprint. I mean, it's nuts. She's doing media right now this morning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if anything will change because it is marijuana um, and it doesn't make you any faster. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's obviously extremely disappointing. Uh, the Olympics uh, and the IOC just got to change this one. I mean, change it now. Quick, uh, quick. I think so she uh, can spin it. I hope I don't have this wrong because I know this was happening this morning. I think she even said she did use it because she was grieving the passing of her biological mother, I, I think, is like that was like she turned to it to to help her through that sort of uh you know mentally and stuff like that because she was on the Today Show and 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 and, and she by no means she's not like oh what somebody must have somehow slipped that to, to me like she's like no I did it this is you know it's it's a shame that they're gonna take away my Olympic uh, birth here yeah it's ridiculous nothing I got nothing else to add stupid. Yeah, it's just a, a stupid rule that will likely get changed in the future. So. And yeah, I guess, you know, shout out to her for certainly taking responsibility for it. But I think we all agree that uh, just, uh, I mean, the rule's the rule, but that should not be the rule. Yeah, I mean, Sam pointing out, does Snoop Dogg run a, a 420 in the 100 meter? Is <laughs> <laughs> he like the fastest man? Is like he faster than Usain Bolt? Uh, we just don't know it. Uh, yeah, Lee, anything to add? Just, I just can't yeah. believe in the year 2021, marijuana is somehow illegal. I mean, it, uh, cannabis has benefits for people. And again, in this situation, under what happened to her, you know, uh, she wasn't taking it for performance enhancing. I mean, there's plenty of performance enhancing drugs out there. This is not one of them. But uh, the IOC, that's the worst thing about the Olympics. So, yep. uh, you know, we've got to get rid of them and just have the Olympics done, <laughs> run the right way. Course, uh, Do you want to run the freestyle Olympics? Olympics. Let's let you I tell you what, them. I tell you what, I wouldn't mind having a go at running the Olympics. It'd be a way more fun. You wouldn't have those idiots who uh, just get bribed nonstop to uh, vote on, uh, you know, where this, where the Olympics is going to be held. I think countries and cities are starting to be like, why do we just bribe the IOC to have the uh, Olympics in our city? It just doesn't work. There's no, the cities, you know, we know 
just don't profit from it. It all goes back to the IOC. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Why not? Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. Lee sure. wants to, to host the Olympics. Are we doing Host it at- and run. Yeah. Okay. Are yeah. you doing it at your place here in Atlanta? You don't have a big yard, man. <laughs> Four by 100 just up the road from my place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, Not I'm just opening it up. just use my buddy Grisha's yard like we did with yeah. that uh, slipping <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm opening it up, and I'm going to throw a few more sports in there as well. So, uh, look, we've got beach volleyball. Now... I am not necessarily a big beach volleyball Olympic sport fan. Okay. I think it's be fine careful, to play. Be careful, It's a great sport. I know, I know. I'm just saying. I just don't view beach volleyball as an Olympic sport. It's fun. I went to it when I was in Athens, okay. right? Okay, okay. Because, you know, it's, it's entertaining to me in the crowd. But if you're going to have beach volleyball, I'm throwing in beach cricket as well. We're playing beach <laughs> cricket at the Olympics. Okay, all, all beach right? sports. Add them yeah. all. Beach yeah. basketball. And, and I'm getting rid of the rule, like, Tass, you know in Athens, in Gre- Greece had to have, like, basically a representative in each sport, right? They had a baseball team. Hey, they're still baseball. Rule. They're still baseballing, man. They're better than <laughs> most of those crap teams. But yeah, I get it. I get I'm what you're getting saying. rid of that rule. It's like, you don't no, like that you, rule. No, 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 no. Because it's well, like, this is what? this is stupidly. You just said you're hosting the Olympics, which means you would have been allowed to go in every event. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to make that a rule that I can go oh, into. Uh, <laughs> what, which event? Which event would I go into? I'll probably, you know, what I would go into probably the men's 200 meter freestyle because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know I would lose by a mile, but I'd have the crowd. Support. I think it was like Eddie the Eagle, wasn't oh, it? That guy, yeah. you know. Well, and I'd love to see because <laughs> swimming's one of those ones, you know, like like all actually, and the men's hundred meters as well. I'd love to just see a regular forty mid forties year old guy race up against those guys who are running it in ten seconds. I wonder how fast I could do a hundred these days. Probably uh, fourteen seconds. You think fourteen or fifteen seconds? I, I would say fifteen. But yeah, you're, you're a queen. yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Put me down for 14. I think you can do 14. I actually don't know how fast you are. I don't think I've ever seen you just straight up run. Yeah. It's been a while, but uh, anyway, I just think that'd be a fun idea. Run. Like, you know, you got, you know, Usain Bolt and Michael Johnson and those guys out there. And then you just got this little old guy out there. Like, All right, I'm just going to give him my best, you know? It would yeah. honestly and make probably a lot more people like respect some of the athletes and the sports they're doing. If you had just an average Joe trying to yeah. do it, you're like, whoa, okay. And there'd be no one needing to drug test me afterwards. No one would say, well, that guy's definitely on PED. <laughs> well, that guy's had some weight class, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, that sucks. Yeah, just wrap it up. You said Usain Bolt. If you haven't seen Shakira Richardson's run during the U.S. trials, she's got Usain Bolt vibes yeah, too. She's she's, she's, yeah, she's charismatic. She was crossing the finish line, looking towards the camera, looking towards uh, her competitors. She knew she won, and that sucks. I'm watching the Olympics like minute by minute. I just wanted to, you know, I want to see these characters. So yeah, uh, yeah, it stinks. Three weeks today, but. Doesn't Man. look like she will be there unless no, something changes no, here. No. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Uh, it sounds unlikely. It's crazy. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's end this drop podcast with a little rapid fire fun. TK, you got the questions today. Indeed I do. First rapid fire question. After 16 seasons in the NBA, Chris Paul is heading to the finals for the first time. Fellas, what's something you've wanted to do since you were 20 and still think could happen? Skeets. Well, when I was 20, it was the year 2000. I was in Australia, and it was the first season ever of Survivor. And I was hooked immediately, and I was like, man, I'd like to go on that show. I think I'd be okay on that show. Decent in the challenges. Got a social game, I like to think at least. You know, hey, it's 20 years later. Uh, I still want to go on. I think my chances are better now trying to be like sort of one of the uh, older guys. They're not going to pick me as the, uh, as only the youthful guy back when I was 20, so... Yeah, go on Survivor. I've said it before here on the show. That's my answer. Great answer, especially as a physically fit 40-year-old man. They would love to have you on there. (laughs) Call me Terry Dietz. (laughs) (laughs) Terry Skeets. (laughs) Terry Skeets. I think you're you're very athletic, but I think your best part of your game would be your social game. Oh, thank you, JD. Thank you. Honestly, yeah. I think you could win the whole thing. All right, JD, we got to make this video. We gotta, I mean, I keep saying it. We gotta, now we just got to do it. I do have it. You know, I use one of those apps that like uh, like a task manager, right? You mm-hmm. know, oh, okay, whatever. Garbage days on Monday, just reminders and stuff like that. Or do this, whatever. I have in my task manager as like a future like thing I got to check off is to apply for Survivor. So uh, it's yeah. still there. I look at it all the time. I'm reminded. Now I just got to do it. All right. Thank you, JD, for the vote of Get confidence. Okay. JD, what's something you wanted to do since you were 20? Still think could happen. Yeah, so when I was 20, uh, SNL had been on the air for 15 years already. I was like, God, I'd love to work on that show. I'm 50. It's still on the air. Let's go. It could still happen, right? What would I do on the show? I'm not, I don't know. Maybe like... Uh, I, Ideally, like write and produce what a digital short or something. I think I can hold sure. my own for one episode, one digital short. Just give me a chance, Lauren. Give me a chance, man. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hey, Lauren. Give us a chance. That's all we want. <laughs> oh, the Hurley boy. Let's be on your show. I love it, Lee. Something you wanted to do since you were twenty, still think could happen. You know, uh, I think one day I am going to go skydiving. When I was about 20, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Do it. Sort of look into it, but then you sort of just like, you go, no, I don't really want to do it. But I'm like, you know what? I think I will do it one day. I don't know when, I don't know where, but I think it will be. I will be skydiving at some point. So uh, hopefully it will happen. I just, 
don't know exactly where. Just 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 follow me on Instagram. Maybe you'll see me just falling out of a plane one time. Right. Well, plug. That's uh, at Lee Ellis on Instagram. Make sure to toss him a follow. He may be skydiving at some point in the future. Don't know when. Don't know where. Stay tuned to Instagram for all the updates. <laughs> all right, let's stay in the past here. The NCAA is now allowing student athletes to profit from their names, images, and likenesses. Fellers, what's a product you would have endorsed back in your school days? Skeets. Easy answer. Um, do you guys remember those? I mean, I'm sure they still exist, but I, they were they were big 20 years ago. Those grilled cheese sandwich makers, like that made them into like the triangles, right? You could do pizza in there too. If you're really creative, you could like do eggs somehow in there. Uh, but the grilled cheese sandwich maker, for sure I would have endorsed. I, at one point during high school, we I had people coming as I lived pretty close to high school, uh, to the school, like a bunch of people would come to my house for, for lunch. And I had like a grilled cheese, like, like factory going, uh, pumping these things out because you can make them so quick in there. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the product. I actually don't remember what the brand name was, but uh, I would love to slap my name on it like a George Foreman grill and and uh, pitch, the, pitch the grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, I, I love those. Uh, I'm going to see if I can. I got to get one of those machines again. I think we, we just got rid of ours oh, in our latest uh, move. We had it uh, forever. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they're not as popular as they were no. uh, 20 years ago. No. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe did you have to like? Uh, did you have to butter up the outside, or are you just throwing it straight on there? You could throw. You could do a little shot of uh, yeah, cooking oil if you wanted. Sure. But I don't. I just remember buttering the the bread itself and then mm-hmm. putting it in. So not really. Not a lot. Get those nice like a real crispy <laughs> edge around that triangle. Ooh. Yeah. No Lee, doubt. Yeah. Okay. You guys agree, Lee? Do you know what I'm talking about this machine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll have to see if Brandy T has any uh, ins with the grilled cheese makers out there. We'll drop a no dunks grilled cheese maker. That would be a very weird but exclusive uh, product. Hamilton, it was uh, somebody just said Rip Hamilton and Beach. It was a Hamilton and, uh, and Beach for sure. Great call there, uh, Protocol, or whatever your name is. Awesome. All right, JD, what's a product you would have endorsed during your school days? Yeah, so when I was 20, again, we're going back to 1990 here. Uh, Again, very easy answer for me. Bucket hats and fanny packs. Here I am in a a, uh, German uh, train station, and I've got my trusty bucket hat, and uh, I've got a little (laughs) leather fanny pack around my my waist there. That is a badass photo. I could pull off this look today, I think. Bucket hats are back. Fanny packs are back. So anyways, yeah. Bucket hats and fanny packs. JD, if you told me that was your son, I would believe you. Oh, yeah? Uh, Oh, my God. Doesn't it look exactly like like Jackson? Definitely more Jackson than Lincoln in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Creepy. Oh, man. JD, the reviews are flying in. Drip. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like a leaky faucet with all the <laughs> oh you said you're at a German train station I thought it was a park no but it was uh, a train station uh, yeah. Stuttgart mm. probably mm. Nice. Lee what are you endro- endorsing yeah so uh, I think everyone remembers at some point in their life they had one of those radio FM hats you know, and um, nope. we got, from, from the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. But yeah. at some point, Everyone there was an, an NBA, an, an NBA version of those, and I got one. I think of the Hornets or the Pacers or someone like that. I remember from where I was working, and I was like, "This is really cool." 
Uh, I used to wear it and use it. <laughs> so I would endorse it. I was ahead of the game. Just no one else was playing that game. So, uh, <laughs> it's funny whenever people do reference that, I'm like, man, I actually... I actually used mine. I liked it, but uh, they were never ever became. They never became mainstream. No one ever was like, "Oh man, that's a cool hat." I just like it's practical. It gives me the radio. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Please tell me you have a picture with that. Huh? I, you know what? I don't. I don't have oh a picture with God. that, unfortunately. But um, I remember because I used to like. You know, I used to love listening to the radio. So I used to love having like, great, I don't have to carry it. I get the hat to protect me from the sun and I get the radio and I can lift up the aerial if I need to as well. This is a uh, genius product. Yeah, I know. It's just, I was just like, wonder why this didn't take off. No one else really seemed to be into it. And it was an NBA NBA hat as well. I was like, ah, this is perfect. But yeah, never really sort of saw anyone and you gave them a little dap on the street saying, yeah, cool hat, man. So uh, I was alone on that one. Cool hat, man. Can you? Tell me what the traffic's like over on 85. You get AM on that? (laughs) We got to get a poll up. Uh, What percentage of people actually did have an FM radio hat? Because, Lee, you're saying pretty confidently, I think everyone at some point in their life had one of these. But maybe you were early, man. Now we're podcasters. Imagine being able to have a pod cap. You put it on. It's got all your favorite episodes just loaded up in there we gotta dig up all the old blank jones episodes and release them in a hat or something like that i think i think if you did put a poll up i don't think people would be completely honest about whether or not they had one even for just like one way i think people just say no way i'm not even gonna pretend that i had it. i think people were kind of like i think people were more like me like fascinated by the idea then they just realized it wasn't a winner but i think there was more people out there had them than than they're prepared to admit i'm Crazy, right, Lee? An, uh, like the UK version of The Office. Tim yes. gets uh, the the FM radio hat. Yeah, for, like, for his, his birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah, from, from like, his mum, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that was no, hang on, what, what year was? No, I was a bit. Of, yeah, I was a few years ahead of that. So uh, that's the thing. They've sort of gone in cycles a little bit. So. <laughs> I don't think they have. I don't think they've gone in cycles. I think they were there and one, they've been gone. If you've got one, make sure you tweet it in a picture of it because <laughs> yes. uh, I'm yes, sure there's that. a few out there somewhere. <laughs> Here, I'll tweet in a picture right here. Look at this guy. Uh, look at this. I love the caption here. Okay. Look at this badass. He can listen to the radio wherever he goes with the ingenious radio hat. Best uh, yeah. enjoyed whilst reading the newspaper and smoking a spliff. Ooh, don't uh, take that to the Olympics, then. Yeah. I won't be allowed yeah. in. Yeah. I like there's no headphones either on this thing. You're just blaring. <laughs> out the if I'm listening to the radio, you're listening to the radio. Oh, man. Yeah, that's it. Had FM. Yeah. Oh, come on. If that said no dunks on the front, you could actually. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's true. true. We should sell these. Let's talk to Breaking Team. <laughs> we might need to Somebody talk to out Breaking there. Hat. <laughs> Somebody must have, like, a pop, like, one iPod that happens to have a bunch of old episodes on it. You oh, can for sure. Somehow put it into the hat or something. We got we to gotta work up a prototype. Sure. Final rapid fire question. Haters always want to say a championship that their favorite team doesn't win deserves an asterisk. But as Lee once explained, every championship deserves an asterisk, asterisk, which means no championships deserve an asterisk. Guys, what's something that does deserve an asterisk? Skates. Um, to go back to Survivor here for a second. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't watched season 38. Go ahead. Skip, skip, skip. Turn off the stream right now if you don't want to be spoiled. But uh, Chris Underwood 
winning that season, Edge of Extinction. I mean, he played 13 out of the 39 days. Like, look, look, he did some big things. He came back, he made some big moves, he uh, he won an idol late there, the final immunity, excuse me, uh, and then he gave that immunity up to take on Rick in the fire challenge. That was huge. Mm-hmm. He also convinced Lauren to give him an immunity idol. So he made some late big moves. I don't want to say like he did nothing, but still, JD, Trey, I mean, that's, we talked about it at the time. Like, it's, that's a tough one. The guy was on edge of extinction for two thirds of the game. He was voted out early and still yeah. managed to win it. Yeah. Voted out early. You could argue, though, voted out early because he was a threat. And then uh, you you left out the part where he endured being on Extinction yeah. Island for all that time. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the game. That was part of the game that season. So for sure, for I'm sure. fine with every it. But win, I, every win of Survivor is an incredible win. I don't care right. how you got there. It's it's pretty amazing, and you can do it many different ways. But it's still just weird that he. He played a third of the game, but I get it. He's still playing even on Edge of Extinction is the problem. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It feels like Probst moved the goalposts of the the, of the rule. The parameters of the game changed that season. So it just didn't It didn't feel right. It didn't feel right for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that asterisk. But taking on Rick, like giving up his guaranteed spot in the final. Yeah. To take on Rick, who would have won if he, if mm-hmm. he actually totally. made it through. Then I mean, that was a ballsy move. And he's like, "All right, well, I've been on a, I've been on an island for uh, 23 days. I think I can make fire. Let's go." <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he had the point. confidence. You know, he'd been surviving. Uh, but anyway, that's my answer. Good one, JD. Throw an yeah. asterisk on something. Yeah, I was. Uh, I really fell into the weeds with this one because I was like, you know what? Every single Oscar winner, I think I could put an asterisk on. So I was gonna like rapid fire, just go through them all. But then I really, <laughs> I just. It became overwhelming. So I'm just going to give you one asterisk. Okay. And that is 1994, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Literally all the other movies in contention were better than Forrest Gump. In my opinion, you had okay. Pulp Fiction, you had Four Weddings and a Funeral, you had Shawshank Redemption, even Quiz Show. All better movies. <laughs> all better movies than Forrest Gump. But, uh, but yeah, so put a, put a big old asterisk. I don't know what the asterisks would say. Like, um, I don't know. Zemeckis Lifetime Achievement Award. I don't know. I don't know what you would say, but was it Zemeckis? Who who directed that thing? Spielberg. No. Forrest Gump. No. Forrest Gump was. Was it? Yeah, it was. Was it Zemeckis? Yeah, it was Zemeckis. Yeah. So it's like, thanks for Back to the Future, Zemeckis. Here's an Oscar for a terrible movie. What should have won, in your opinion? Pulp Fiction should have won that year. For it, for me, but I would have been fine with Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I go Shawshank. But Four Weddings was a great movie too. <laughs> I've, I've watched it recently and it holds up. It's oh, it's really yeah. really good. So Jonathan, how is that gorgeous girlfriend of yours? She's no longer my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Still, I wouldn't get too gloomy about it. Rumor has it she never stopped a bonking old Toby to lie. <laughs> she is now my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Give you the Oscar. Yeah, give him an Oscar. This guy's oh hosting his own Olympics. Yeah. Can't this guy like, do? Come on. <laughs> this guy, oh this guy he's not going to be able to answer his last question thinking about four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> Throw an asterisk on something. Did you mate. name your son Oscar so you could give yourself an Oscar? <laughs> wow. Oh, I should have. I should have. Um, I'm going to throw an asterisk on myself anytime I say I'm a vegetarian because um, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying. Right. 
But, uh, oh, man, it is hard sometimes. It's hard. You know, you go to someone's house because you're starting to go to people's house now. And, like, if ever I see, like, some, um, you know, hors d'oeuvres or snacks and they've got the pancetta there, I'm like, oh, my God, I just can't resist. Just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit here and there. And uh, the other day, well, we were at Grisha's house uh, when we had the water slide a few weeks ago and he cooked these ribs. And I walked in the kitchen and I was like, uh, it, you know, the Finding Nemo scene where the shark gets the blood up the nose. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, he because he, he says he's not eating fish anymore. And then he gets the blood and he goes crazy trying to eat uh, Dory and uh, Marvin. This or guy what's his goes name? from four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Right? Every movie. Right to oh, and those ribs were there and they looked so good. And I'm like, all right, just going to have one. And then uh, oh, Grish nailed it. So I ended up having like six ribs and I'm just like, I'm just like oh man, I'm a struggling vegetarian, you know, but uh, you know, I'm still a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> With an asterisk. Uh, uh, get ready for uh, a week of. Chris Paul is on a plant-based diet. Uh, oh, <laughs> articles yeah. and talking points. I'm surprised we haven't heard more of it throughout the playoffs. Feels like we haven't heard it enough, but we got a week now until they play. So I'm sure we'll hear more. All right. Well, that's rapid fire. That's the drop. Uh, thanks so much to everybody for joining us live on the stream team. Congratulations if you're one of the lucky few that managed to download this <laughs> podcast on Apple Podcasts. You win. Um, yeah. Hopefully this gets to all of you in a timely matter. Shout out to everybody that listens on Spotify and the Athletic app. Go get your No Dunks gear over at NoDunks.com. Get yourself an athletic subscription so you can, if you want to, listen to No Dunks without the ads on the app there. Go to TheAthletic.com slash NoDunks so they know that we sent you. And uh, finally, keep your emails and your questions and all that coming to NoDunks at TheAthletic.com because you know we'll be stepping on the beach at some point next week. Fun show. Again, thanks everybody joining us live. Guys, enjoy the weekend. Lee, have a blast in New York. Hey, quickly, what are you doing in New York this weekend? What's Lee Lee doing? We're doing a lot of touristy stuff. We're going to see uh, the uh, Statue of Liberty. We're going to see the Ghostbusters Firehouse. We're going to the Empire State (laughs) Building. (laughs) (laughs) What? The second thing on your list in New York City is the Ghostbusters. Oh, man. Say hi to Slimer. All right. Yeah. Oh, the boys. The boys just, you know, there's a couple of movie things that they want to see. So we're going to go and check them all out. So uh, it's awesome. All right. Uh, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the Phoenix Suns got to the finals because their star point guard is on a vegan diet. Their star point guard, Langston Galloway, (laughs) is also a plant based. Vegan eater, according to his Instagram profile. Just learn that. I love this guy. (laughs) Embrace the weekend, people.